On this episode, we're talking about the adolescent mind. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMont and Andy Lehman. Joel. Andy, I almost died on the way over here. You did. Tell me about this story. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, Jackie made a delicious, as we're calling it, a delicious roasted vegetable medley. So are you going to blame her for this accident? Nope, nope, it's totally my fault. Well, I mean, it's, it's anyway, delicious, <clears throat> yes, roasted vegetable medley, which included some roasted cauliflower. Okay. What are your thoughts on cauliflower, by the way? I like roasted cauliflower. Don't try to put it and make it in like a pizza crust or things like that. Gotcha. Like it's, so it's good on its own. Like just, I like it. Just there. enjoy yeah, it. Enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy it for what it is. I gotcha. Well, I was trying to enjoy it for what it is, uh, Andy. Uh, popped a little little piece of uh, the cauliflower into the old, into the old, uh, the old mouth. mouth. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> Immediately went uh, to the back of my throat, down the wrong hole, and I began to just hack and cough and, and choke. So you almost died. You literally almost died on the here's way over the, here. Here's the deal. It's supposed to be a healthy snack, but if it almost kills you, is it all that healthy? I, I, I ask you. I, ask I, I you. don't think it. Other <laughs> snacks may cl- kill you slowly. This one nearly took me out. So no, seriously, I'm like, <laughs> whatever. Finally, there's just this junk of cauliflower just come flying out my so throat. You, so you're on the way over. Like, you're literally driving on the way over say, here to the I studio. I should say, when I said on my way over, I meant I was literally walking, like, out the door to come to the studio. Just was like, okay, everybody see you later. Da, da, da. Cauliflower in mouth. Ugh, cough, <laughs> cough, hack, hack, hack. But hey, I made it. I made it through. The cauliflower did not win. Did not have the last word. <laughs> that's that's and, so uh, good. Yeah. So take that, cauliflower. <laughs> What, uh, what, what's going on with you, man? I didn't die from cauliflower. That's, that's what I didn't that's do. That's good for you. No, hey, it's, it's been just a little over a week since we recorded last time and we're back in studio. So are you keeping up with the, uh, the NCAA, uh, March Madness? Sorry. We've been mostly watching women's basketball this time. So good, good yeah, for you. Like we, we've enjoyed that. I like, like that. So good for you. Yes. We're equal opportunity, uh, basketball watchers. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Watching tonight. Um, and before over he- coming over here, uh, the, the two eldest boys are, are pretty invested. They're pretty into it. It's a good time of year. It's a fun time. I do like to talk a little trash. Uh, but as of, as of the recording of this, and I'm, I don't want to jinx it as of the recording of this podcast, uh, our fighting Irish are still in it. So sweet. I anyway, I haven't watched any of the Notre Dame games yet. So it's it's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, Josiah and I got a chance to see uh, watch them play uh, live over at uh, the uh, Pavilion uh, versus Syracuse a few oh, weeks nice. ago. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, sat behind the visitors there and uh, good old Bayheim. Some of these coaches, Andy, they're uh, they're getting older. When you see them in person, you're like, wow. How are you on the? How are, how you, are you there? Sti- how yeah. are you still running up and down that court, screaming at screaming at young men? That's amazing. Uh, hey, Andy. So tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the adolescent mind, um, or as I was going to title it before you got all professional on us. Hey, what's wrong with my kid's brain? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> inquiring minds want to know. 
no. So basically what we're talking about tonight is really comes from uh, a series of seminar presentations I gave uh, back a few weeks ago down in sunny Florida. We keep, we keep bringing the sunny Florida, but yeah, we did. And, and I, I didn't hear your presentation. I was going to a different seminar, but I said, hey, Joel, let's maybe talk a little bit tonight on the podcast about adolescent mind. And so you said, sure, let's do it. So can you give me a little um, quick definition? I, I can, and I'm just want to go on the record as saying I'm not salty at all that you didn't come to my seminar. So listen, I figured we we're friends, and I had other you're people like, that I I wanted to go like see. Joel, Joel so. rambles on enough. Uh, if Joel uses the term prefrontal cortex one, one more, more time, time, I might have to. I'm gonna lose it. Yeah. Uh, no. So so tell me a little bit about what is the definition of adolescence. Thank you for that's a beautiful segue, Andrew. Thank you. Um, so, uh, as, as it stands right now, the, uh, the technical definition, uh, when we're, we're talking about it and, uh, again, we're trying to use, uh, we're trying to use, uh, professional institutions to guide our, guide the way on, on these definitions. So, uh, the center for adolescent health in Melbourne, Australia, and they do a lot of international work with adolescent health. They've, uh, kind of outlined the parameters for our, our discussion here in terms of the definition of adolescence. So. The new adolescence, we're talking about an age range. So as we're in this conversation tonight, we're talking about an age range roughly, roughly from age 10 uh, to age 25. Now, you will notice that that age range of adolescence spans both childhood and adulthood. Uh, We do use terms uh, these days like extended adolescence. Um. And a lot of that has to do with, I mean, there's some conversation around, uh, okay, if you're an adolescent, what are you exactly? And we've also become to realize that when it comes to adolescence, uh, well, there's a lot of brain development stuff that's going on in the, in that time. So you would, well, all, you well would into the twenties, you so. would also break down adolescence into like teenagers, pre Pre-teens and then like yep. older adolescents and then right. like some more into the 25 range. Right, right. And some of that has to do with brain development patterns. Some of that has to do with uh, stage of life issues. Um, kind of these, these different intersecting things. So that's what we're talking about. But really for, for the good portion of the people that are listening to us who are parents... Of your, adolescent, your kids are going to be adolescents. Yeah, of adolescent, of adolescent people. You were talking about your, we're talking about your kiddos here, and uh, you know, I look at okay, well, I've got two kiddos in that, you know, who are of at least ten years of age, who are squarely entering into that adolescent stage, and we're asking the questions like, okay, why, why is adolescence so? Is it important? What is it? What's the deal? Here's what, here's what we'll say, and this is where it gets uh, this is where it gets juicy. Um, the, the default understanding, honestly, culturally is that adolescence is like a recent invention, like the, even the idea of being like that midpoint between childhood and adulthood. That's what we call adolescence. Uh, many think of adolescence being this kind of like mm, later modern invention because it used to be like, no, you were a kid. Right. And, and then, then you were an adult, you're right? Right. And there wasn't like a lot, there wasn't like a time frame in between. Sure. And it's possible to say, 
uh, for some people's opinion, that the in-between time, we made up that in-between time because we had dysfunctional, we had dysfunctional kids that couldn't, <laughs> couldn't navigate. Yeah, sure, yeah. You know, so it's like adolescence is more of a problem. That in-between time is a problem to be fixed, not a wonder to behold. And, uh, and that's the, that's the deal. That's, that's the issue. So we'll get, you know, we just get super practical on this. Um, a few years ago there was a, and the organization that I, uh, that I work for on occasion, I do coaching for, uh, the youth cartel. They did, gosh, they did a study back. It's been like seven, I think seven, eight years ago. Um, well, they just asked people like, where do you get your, um, like, where do you get your understand? Like, what are your understandings of adolescence? And let me see here. So 66% of the respondents said that it was a social construct. Like it was just like something that was kind of like made up socially. Uh, 60% said adolescence has been a recognized stage of life for about a hundred years. So sure. they, they limit it within, which, which I think is interesting because if you, if you go back to like earlier, you know, I don't even know what time frame, but even like, let's talk about the Bible. Yeah. Like in the Bible, I mean, we're, we, when we look at like Mary, Mary was married at what, like 14. Right. And so like there, there was this, it seemed like back then, at least the idea of adolescence was maybe even shorter. Yeah. Would you say, I mean, cause right now, right now it seems like, you know, we're saying that we, we, we've got people who are 25, 26, 27, who still act like they're 15. You know, they're going home and playing video games and they're, right. you know, kind of taking this irresponsible, I guess, if you will, way of, of, of acting. But back, it seems like back in the Bible, it was, they were 14 and they were getting married. Right? right. Which is where the idea comes from. There used to just be, when you say things like that and you put it in that context, it's like, well, no, there was, there were kids and then there were adults and there was not a large amount of time in between. Or if there was a time in between, it was very, very short. And there's definitely something to be said for, uh, the adolescent process used to be able to be navigated in a shorter amount of time. Uh, now adolescence takes longer. You could also argue because it's more complex. There are more things for young people to navigate and maybe with fewer resources to navigate sure. those things. Well, hey, I want to, before we continue on here, I want to say that if you are watching live with us, you can comment right on our Facebook page and you will see, we'll see your comments if you have anything to put into this episode. Or you can give us a call 574-213-8702 and we can, uh, we can also have that on our next episode. So again, Ooh. our voicemail is 574-213-8702 or if you're live on Facebook with us tonight, just go ahead and uh, chat in the chat room and we'll see that with you. Oh, that's, that's cool. Um, Andy, will, will our wives, uh, will they, this is the question because I told Jackie that we're going, we're going on Facebook live and we'll see if she has any, any witty, comments for us tonight, witty comments that are even not even related to the show, which is, which is just <laughs> a added bonus. So, um, yeah. So, so back, back to, back to the episode or the talking about adolescence, but so you were saying that, that you the idea of extended adolescence. Right. Now. Because there's more, there's, there are potentially more things to navigate in life. And so that's why adolescence is taking longer. Um, so stick, stick with us on this. Cause we're, I'm laying out, I'm just, I'm trying to like lay out the whole framework for why we, why we think what we think about this. Um, uh, the, 
so the, if it's a social construct or, or it's seen that way, because like we have other, like on the survey, like other people, res, other people responded, they saw adolescents, 78% said they saw adolescents as resulting from various cultural shifts, including the industrial revolution and extended mad- mandated education. So uh, public schooling uh, to your, to your point, sure. like, you know, earlier in the 20th century, public schooling becomes standardized and now kids are students longer and this is extending their um extending the time between childhood and when they are entering you know entering the workforce and being quote unquote adults um <clears throat> so basically you know that that's kind of the prevailing thought that's where a lot of people get their ideas and then gosh there's like a number of people that said had this whole idea, and this is the key idea. Then this is something that we want. I want to address. A lot of people, majority of people, said that before the uh, mid eighteen hundreds, people were viewed as either children or adults. So there seems to be like a an indicator there that at one point back in the back in the old days, you were either an adult or a child. Right, you weren't in this in between area. Yep, you just grew up, and one day there was I don't know a magic wand <laughs> waved over you, Ring. adult. Um. So, all that to say, um, some of you might have ideas about um, what an adolescent is or what is going on with adolescence or the fact that, um, or, or, or maybe the idea that adolescence is like, is a problem to be fixed. I mean, that's, that's the thing, sure. right? Like, hey, we got these kids that are just, you know, going through life and they're, they don't seem to be maturing the way that I think that they should, or society thinks that they should, or, or, or whatever, or they behave in certain ways. And what do we do about all this? So, um, that brings us to our next, uh, to our next point. And that is, uh, we can see, I think it's easily demonstrated that whether the terms were being used or not, um, and they actually were being used, we can see the term adolescence used in the 14, back in all the way to the 1400s, sure. um, a lot of English literature. Uh, but on, on top of that, like we can see um, in various like literary characters, adolescent behavior clearly demonstrated in, in young, like in young people. And so the whole idea here is, is that adolescence as a life stage is kind of built into the framework of like, uh, we could really say of how, how God designed things sure. to be. And, and would you, I guess, would you say that our society has changed though, thus allowing adolescence to be longer? Yeah. Cause well, because, okay. If you are not going into the workplace as early in life and if you have more steps to go through before you can kind of be an adult quote unquote or be recognized as an adult um then yeah that's it's taking it's taking more time and sure and the other thing is is just you know just think about how how in the world does a young person become um like even in terms of uh Financial independence, financial security, uh, things like that. So when we're talking about adolescence, 
the the key here, I think, what I want to argue for is basically that this is a time period um, with however long it takes, it's a time period of something that could be really a gift to to your kid. Sure. This transition time. And then it can be it can be a gift to you if you don't see it as a problem as a problem to fix. Like I know Jackie and I say all the time, it's like we're hey, we're raising we're we're raising adults that we want to hang out with someday. Sure. Yeah. And that's I mean I think that's the goal is to right. you know be able to because yeah. most of our time, the majority of our time with our kiddos is going to be at, with them as adults. Sure. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I, I just as a side note, we were, uh, if you haven't heard me go on or talk about our uh, travel baseball family life, you know, that's, that's starting now. So was it last weekend? We were in Peoria, Illinois, and uh, <laughs> we... Due to some family, other extended family health issues, we did not have, uh, we had a child care plan that did not work out. So everybody got to go with us. And that many kids in, uh, and we had one hotel room. We had one Ooh. hotel room for six of us because that's how we had planned it. <laughs> sure. And I just, how shall I say this, Andy? Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. The kids started getting on my nerves, but more than more than that, they were getting definitely getting on each other's nerves. Sure. Yeah, that, that happens. And you just think to yourself, you know what? Someday we're going to be able to be together, and we're really going to enjoy it. And and I'm going to hold out for that day. But for right now, good golly, uh, the challenge. So, um, yeah. So I think you know, as we're raising, we're raising, we are raising kids toward adulthood but that is it shouldn't be at the at the expense of skipping over this really sure. important time of yeah. life so can i tell you what's going on in your kid's brain right now sure well and that's kind of what i was going to ask you yeah. too i was going to say hey you know you've talked about the idea that the prefrontal cortex isn't actually like completely developed until you're what 23 24 25 some so say some, some, some studies are even in the later 20s and you're you clearly you're the way your brain processes things is even semi-elastic shall we say semi-malleable sure into like age 30 so so some of us our brain has been uh, um, uh cemented a little bit longer than others hey hey now i mean you're hitting close to home here <laughs> i'm sorry uh but no um, so i mean what does that mean then for our kids for us as parents how do, how do we how do we parent well if our, our pre, child's prefrontal cortex isn't even completely developed until 25? 10-4. So the big thing with adolescence, and this is the thing that I am trying to remember, is that um, adolescents tend to downplay risk. Okay. And they tend to be highly motivated because of where they are in life by reward. So if they go, okay, there could be a huge reward in this thing, but there is a risk. They'll act as all the they'll act as, as there's though not really a risk. there's not really a risk at all. Well, and I think I think I've noticed that even I mean as I was growing up, I would say you know, and I, I don't know that I would say I guess I didn't know that it was prefrontal cortex type Correct. stuff. But I, I mean, for me, it was hey, I'm just living for me. Like there's, right. I have nothing. I have nothing else to take care of. I have no right. bills. I, I mean, my worst case scenario, I have health insurance and a gas payment. Yeah. And then so, so for me, it was, there's not really that big of a deal. Now, as I'm older, I have a wife, 
I have five kids. I have, I know for me, it's not just me that I'm living for. So the things that I do are going to affect more than just me. There are more, there are more risks involved and, and, and rightfully so like you should, both you and I should, before we do things, I don't always do it this way, but I do think, huh, if I make this decision and it goes bad for me, uh, what are the implications for everybody else? Sure. Yeah. Which to your point earlier and earlier in life, you're like, no, it is just kind of me. And, uh, there's no one else that yeah, I like, need to look like, out for. Yeah. Right? It's like depending on me and whatever we can, we can go for it. So that could be seen, honestly, like that can be seen as like, oh gosh, that's a maturity issue here. The deal is, um, if you're, if you can encourage in, in the adolescent time frame, and this is something that I've been thinking about, like for your kids to take some healthy, to take some healthy risks, now is the time to do it. Because they will increasingly, as they develop out of adolescence, they will be less and less likely to do those sort of things. So, so talk to me a little bit about that. What is a healthy risk and like what makes it healthy? And as a, as a, a parent, how do we guide, how do we guide our kids into healthy risk? You know, cause there are definitely risks that aren't worth taking cause they're not healthy risks. Yeah. So define to me, define for me, what is a healthy risk and, and how do as a parent do we, do we guide our kids into that? Yeah. I mean, cause part of the, like the whole that whole like risk taking thing is like uh, we see in adolescent behavior uh, like drug use for instance right sure so we'd say hey not not a good risk not sure, a good yeah. risk to take um but then other risks might be like uh trying out for a new a new team like a trying out for a team that they've never tried they've not tried out for for before um um Oh, what do I do? We've got our kids. Oh, we've got our kids. Uh, we go out to a restaurant. Our kids, uh, and it sounds simple. Our kids order their own, their own food. Like we don't order for them anymore or almost, well, let me see for the two oldest ones, they, they place their own order. And all that is, is it's a risk of like, oh, it's going to be awkward to talk, Mm -hmm. like to like talk to this other person, this adult that's at the table. Uh, and for me to like not stumble over my words and say my, and say my thing. And it could be embarrassing and they might goof up. Sure. But if they do it and they do it enough times, they'll start to realize like, oh, I can do this. Right. Or, or that's a, you know, that's a meaningful, um, that's a, like a meaningful exercise. So there are all kinds of like social interact, like social interaction risks they can take, uh, risks they can take with, uh, like social risks they can take with their friends. Um, like inviting inviting friends to two things um uh our eldest uh aaron did that a few weeks ago had a couple of his buddies dude okay i just tell you this is hilarious so uh we went to what did we go to um when, anyway it doesn't matter we went and saw when saw a movie together so he and sure two of his sixth grade buddies right and i'm like i'll be the dad that they can all hop in the car and i'll take them and i'll go with them to this movie right and first of all, uh, it was it, the drive there and back was just nothing filled with those two guys just trying to make each other laugh the whole yeah. time, like just messing with each other. And it's it's always fun to sit jokes. sit in the front of a, a, right. a car with and they the forget kids. they forget you're right there, and you're right? listening and they don't remember that you're listening. Yeah, and right. It's, it's, that's a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, it, it was a ton of fun, and it it really did my heart good because I'm like, uh, first of all, I'm really really proud. I'm proud of my kid for the friends that he's. Sure. Yeah. Selecting, right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, these were, these were good dudes and I, they were super funny and you know, but you're like, okay, but he, 
he took the risk like he did the invite he like he like uh like greased the gears so that like i got a a few of the parents like texting me or making arrangements whatever like he got he got things moving with his buddies and nice and it was like you know that paid that, pay, that paid off for him because he got himself uh, sure, yeah. a night out at the movies right um and and parents if you don't think about those things as being risks maybe you don't think about it from your like adult mind but those are absolutely risks risks that your kids are taking because they could be either like well they could be rejected, rejected and, and that right. i mean that that's a huge like a killer for their i don't know ego like for their right. whole con like the conscious like if they're rejected that that goes more than just you know oh the so-and-so turned yep. me down that that can be deep for them yep and so trying uh yeah trying new things um the 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 issue is is where we as parents come in it's like well some kids will be um will really embrace risk and they will really downplay uh potential negative outcomes like with their safety for instance and that's where you as an adult that's why we're here is to make sure that like hey no you shouldn't jump off that thing um you know and uh oh hey hi shelly shelly just made a comment shelly is uh well, let me see. She well, she's now taught two of my kids. Gosh, we love our teachers, by the way. Just such a oh, bless you, Shelley. Yeah, these these personal stories of, the, of our kids. This is uh, this is what we live for. Um, so, so yeah, the adolescent mind. When it comes when it comes to adolescence, I, I think there's several things we can say. But the big takeaway is encourage risk taking. Sure, encourage risk taking. And if you as an adult this will be a cha- it's interesting it'll be a challenge for you if you're like a risk like a risk avoidant person and you're playing it safe all the time you know kind of thing um your kids will pick up on that sure right and then sometimes the the pendulum can swing too far the other way with them where they're they're just, not going to take any risks yeah 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 so yeah. then how how do you how would you think the best way to to prime the pump to get them to take risks would be i mean obviously maybe taking risks yourself. But again, as, a, as an adult, like that's going to look different, especially for those of us who are older. I'm going <laughs> to put that in quotes, but older, older, um, yeah. you know, we don't, again, like I was saying, we don't want to take the risks that we did when we were 20, 21, because we have more, there's more riding on, a, on, on what we've got Correct. going on. Yeah, absolutely. And so how, how, as an adult do we do that? Right. Well, you know, Andy, I think, uh, there's there's a a few things um number one you can take risk like there's some risk taking you can do with your kids you know there's some uh oh gosh i uh i'm trying to think we're i don't know if i have any good examples right now of uh things that i and this just to tell you i've probably become risk avoidant here recently but like <laughs> well and maybe maybe while you're thinking about that one of the things that i can think of is i don't want to say force your child to but if your child is not taking risks like you you know we're talking about ordering at the at the restaurant yep maybe you force them to do that maybe you teach them how to do it maybe you say hey this is how this looks. You model it a little bit and say to do it. And then, I mean, again, that's not really taking a risk for you, but it is for that, for your or, child, especially if they're younger. Or maybe, maybe in the dead of night, you just uh, walk into the room, uh, put a blindfold over them and uh, you go drop them off. In the, <laughs> I don't think that's a great idea. No, is that no. not? Okay. Some, something tells me no. No, I, I mean, I could be interesting. I just, I mean, if you warm about it, 
Like if you told Micah, let this be a little interesting, because I feel like he might go with this. If you told he Micah, might, I mean, it's Micah. Micah hey, but... hey, anytime at any time this month, I might in the middle of the night come in, blindfold you, and take you to an undisclosed location, <laughs> and you have to find your way home. Well, do you think in the middle go, of the night? Do you think, think? Do you think he'd go for it? I don't I'm, think. I don't I'm think just, my wife would let me do that for one. But uh, Julie, let's let's talk about this. But let's, anyways, uh, I don't. I don't think he'd go for that. But uh, so you're saying something like that where you're forcing them into a situation? Sure. Well, I'm saying here's the deal. Maybe here's what you here's what you do. Do you see how I'm playing this out? Uh, here's what you do. You have you have people follow him while he's. We'll make it safer. We'll make it uh, we'll make so it secretly safe. safe. It'll be secretly safe. But he thinks it might be like a real like oh gosh, no no no. Uh, it, all, okay, so I'm the reason I'm being ridiculous about this is that it is sort of a segue into this. We, um, one thing that we have removed from our society of sort of rites of passages, uh, rites of passage with our with our kiddos. I think Andy, we've talked about this previously. We some, uh, you know, but what that is is that's all about risk management for young people, like learning learning those things. So, you know, it's uh, our kids are dying are dying to take some risks. They, they really, really are. Uh, you know, back in the old days of rites of passage, uh, you know, it was like you were given like the vision quest, right? You were, you were, and I, what I was joking about, but it's like, you're literally dropped in the middle of the woods and it's like, uh, here's your spear. Don't come back till you killed whatever the thing, right? And you got to bring it back. Sure. And a lot of those kids, they would do, they'd, they'd figure it out. They do it. Now, some of them would die in the process well so that's probably not the greatest idea of their vision for us. quest it was some of them would die now now here just hear me out for a second though uh some of our kids are dying today by by their own hand actually and i and i'm i'm just being very very serious about this because they have not been given something a, a risk or a challenge meaningful to overcome right and so there's a sense of purpose purposelessness that comes with it so there's a ditch on either side of that of being too extreme one way or the other, but I would I would say the beauty of adolescence and the the way that God has wired the adolescent mind is that that is the time for them to engage in in a in, a, in practices where they they can put they can push the envelope a little they can push the envelope but they're still safe so as parents we have to guide this experience to be a a safe. A safe yeah. way that you're saying so yeah it's risky for them and it, and it causes them to take risks but we don't want your kids we don't to want, die right we don't is want that, your kids so is that to what die. you're saying joel i mean it's <laughs> like I'm, safe that's what i'm saying so maybe safe. maybe like encouraging them to do like a solo a solo uh paragliding uh adventure my know? child will love it golly see but see this is the point though some would be like okay i've got a great little this cute little video a few years ago with josiah when he was little and you he, didn't warn me about this i could have played it on the show tonight. never you could have oh if we can find it i have it. it's on facebook i think anyway he so he had never ridden a bike ever and uh the bike did not have training wheels on it, but it was a little bike and i was sure. and i was like so he's like he's like hey josiah you got the bike what you what you doing he's like mind you he's at the top of a hill while he's doing all this and he goes, he goes, I'm going to ride this bike. And I go, have you ever ridden, have you ever ridden a bike before? And he's like, no. And I'm like, should we put training wheels on this bike? He's like, no, I'm just going to get on and get on it and ride it. And I go, this right here, this right here is, is like the epitome of uh, youthful, uh, 
naivety. Uh, so how did that ride go? So I did not let him take the ride because he was literally going to, first, if he made it down the hill, by the way, it was going to be going into like oncoming traffic, essentially. So you were being a good dad. I was just, I was just like, hey, buddy, how about we take, we take one step at a time? And uh, we probably did the, <laughs> we probably did the training wheels first. But uh, it's, yeah, he, he, you know, it's super funny. So it, again, you know, there are, there's a good way to guide and a less good, and a less good, a less, less good, good? Yeah. less great. That's wonderful way to guide. Um, yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about though, the idea of the, the kids, the adolescents being still malleable at 2021 20, when we're saying that they're in adults, when the society is saying, Hey, go get out and I'm kicking you like, right. you know, don't let the door hit you on the, on the way out. Like, yep. I mean, so let's talk about that a little bit and how, we, what, what are we supposed to do there? Well, if you, I, I would guess, and I, I'd love some feedback from this, uh, from employers. I, I hear a lot of conversation now about folks that are of an older generation that are trying to employ 20 somethings. Sure. And how that is a struggle for them because they need a uh, constant feedback. Uh, they are what we would call. Uh, what we'd call in our HR world, uh, high touch, <laughs> high touch employees, right? Like every step of the way you're giving them like an affirmative, like, yes, you're doing the right thing or no, you need to need to court. Sure. Right. And that is, I think that that's hard for a lot of people. Sure. It's hard for a lot of people. And they're like, just do your job. And you know, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a participation award uh, for, you know, for everything. And, you know, that's true. Um, the, the deal is, though, that the previous generations, the, it's these pendulum swings, the previous generation's general lack of affirmation for things created a, a, big, a big void. So older employers get really upset with younger employees about their need for high touch, but it's like they're, well, those people are, they are the way they are because of what the previous generation set up. And the previous generation never wants to, never wants to acknowledge that. And, and I feel now that I'm being like, cause I am of the, the old, like I'm a millennial, but I'm like the oldest millennial, uh, on the, uh, on the face of the earth on the, yeah, on the oldest millennial on the face of the earth. The, uh, well, I was going to say around the heels of, of the Gen X are sitting across from me. Slacker, <laughs> slacker generation. Um, yeah, like, you know, I'm already starting to notice within myself, like there is there are some clear generational, clear generational differences uh, between myself and like the the one to follow, and you know, a lot of that has to do with life stage. A lot of that has to do with some of them are still are still developing, um, but all of that, all of that to say, you know, it's just I I just think. The, the, the idea of adolescence, the idea of itself is actually very, very old. We see it, it manifesting itself in culture sure. in a lot of different places. Some, um, you know, previously young people had lesser, less time to navigate it. Now they have longer periods of time to navigate it. So, well, and I think, I think maybe part of that too is due to just the way that we've also set things up. I mean, if you look at it back, back in the day too, when you were what? 
15, I mean, well, more than 15, maybe, you know, right at 18, you, a lot of people weren't right into the workforce. Correct. Right. They were forced right into be, be adults. They were forced to, to be able to have to navigate this and, and do things like finances and budgets and being responsible for a family right away at 19, 18, 19 years old. Right. Whereas now we've got people who aren't even getting married until their thirties, which I mean, it's fine, but I'm saying you're, you're delaying that whole thing. Correct. You're saying, let's go to college. Let's, you know, maybe not even figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life until you're, you've gone through three or four years of college and then you go to, you have to take more college and then you're still single and you're doing it on your own and you're going out and partying and all this other stuff that yeah. you're just kind of delaying that. So do you, do, would you say that it's partly a, a society thing in the way that we've set up society? I think so. I mean, you know, you mentioned marriage. The studies are out and these studies are not from particular religious organizations that are saying, Hey, surprise, surprise, better to get married as an older at like a older adolescent or what we would call getting married young. So 20, 21, 22. Right. Back when we got married and, and I now look at it, I'm like, well, I wasn't even old enough to, I couldn't run a car. Whatever. Right. I couldn't run a car when I, when I got married, uh, you, you know, but, but the fact is, is though, is that there's still, again, it, it, I think it says something too. And I'd like to say, I'm curious about the brain science behind that, that side of thing, but sure, I think yeah. it's like, wow, what an opportunity when both of you are still developing, if you're at toward the end of your adolescent, but there's still some development going on and you get to enter into that experience together as a, as a married couple. Great. Um, if you're delaying some of those big life decisions and going to later, you are getting more cemented into how you do things. And, uh, it can certainly pose some, certainly pose some questions, uh, some challenges for people. Uh, but yeah, I think ultimately Andy, like, you know, as I've been just thinking through this, it's just kind of like, um, it can, this season of life can be really, really meaningful for people can be really, really valuable for people. If, if, if adolescence is not reduced to just like a kind of like, again, a problem to be solved in this, this period of time where it's just like, like, Oh, these people are just like a, they're like a wreck, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and we just like, we got to help them. Just got to help them get through all of this. And, you know, because I, I like what I call it is I call it my grandpa, my, my grandpa story. And it's my grandfather who was born in. I always say 1930 because it's just easiest to remember. It's somewhere somewhere around there, somewhere close there. But just like you said, 18 years old, graduates high school, married shortly after, inherits the family farm, is working a second job, and then starts his family. Yeah. And by the time he's in the mid 20s, like he's got his family and kind of his job path and all of that is like cemented in in place, and he's going through all those major life changes uh, within a short amount of time, uh, well before many on average are even, like you said, mar- are married here in the U S anyway. So yeah, I think, you know, um, we, you know, things, things have changed, but those, those early years of life, uh, can be really, really meaningful specifically if there's a community of people that are coming around our young people and helping them navigate it. So, uh, that's the ones that's so that's that's the whole big thing about adolescence and how uh I just want to encourage people to kind of reconsider it as a 
yeah, as a, as a valuable time is a time where, where good things can happen. Good challenges can occur. Um, but then also, you know, we, we also talked about like, there's always, especially for us here on the show, we're always talking about like, um, faith formation too mm-hmm. in, in these years and like why it's, why it's important. And, you know, I'm trying to, as someone who spent a lot of time pastoring young people and now who is trying to lead people who are leading young people, um, you know, my biggest, my biggest call for, you know, gosh, it was this past summer I did a seminar for, and it was specifically for high school students. And I had a lot of upperclassmen come uh, to the seminar. And my conversation with them was primarily around like, Hey, um, make a decision now for how you're going to be spiritually formed because no one else is going to make this decision for you. And you're going to have a lot of things thrown at you in these next years and it won't just happen automatically. And so there's some practices and some, some postures that you need to take, um, to be what we, what, and I'm quoting fuller youth ministry here. It's, uh, to be what is kind of identified as a resilient disciple and someone who, who has longstanding faith and who is, uh, so yeah, who's healthy. Sure. So I would say that the, the first practice for resilient disciples would be definitely intimacy with Jesus. You know, we can't, we can't imitate somebody that we don't know. We can't be like somebody if we don't know what they're like. And so we, we definitely need to be, have that, have that, have that intimacy with Jesus and show our, our kids that and, and guide our kids into that intimacy and closeness with Jesus. Yeah, man. that's been a conversation I've had with our leadership, like the team that I lead now and, and uh, some other folks like intimacy with Christ, or we've said abiding, abiding in Christ, mm-hmm. that, that kind of language. Oh gosh. I don't know. I don't know. Culturally, I don't know if we're too good at abiding, <laughs> abiding. That's, in things. Yeah. that's, that's kind of foreign language, but, um, that is where it starts. Yes. First and foremost. And, you know, um, for most people, I don't know, Andy, like abiding requires slowing down, reflecting, you, yeah, doing, doing these things. And if you're in a young, I mean, Everything is so fast paced. Everything is so now, now, instant. now, instant, instant, instant. And, uh, you can't, you can't microwave spirituality. So yeah, there's, there's that. You've got the list right in front of you there. I do. So the second one would be developing muscles of cultural discernment. Yep. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, that, that right there is just like, uh, uh, recognize that you one way or the other culture is discipling you. So which call, which culture or, or who, what group of people are going to, are you going to allow to disciple you, but you are going to be discipled one way or the other. So being aware of that. And then this one I really, really like is the forge meaningful intergenerational relationships. Oh, come on. That's Let good. me say that again for those in the back. Yes. <laughs> forge meaningful. Yes. Intergenerational relationships. I think that's super important and we don't do that nearly enough today. No, nope, nope. um, you know, it's important for us to have not only relationships with our peers, but the kids having relationships with their peers, but like, I want my kids to have relationships. I think you've said it Joel before, like five 
is that what, five adults or yeah yeah you look to have uh, in their in during their we always when i was in youth ministry the goal was to have five meaningful spiritual relationships with adults that were not mom and dad over the course of their middle school and high school uh career so from age 12 to 18 19 um that that was the goal i've always said like when it comes to youth and young adult ministry there is no magic bullet but if you wanted to name a magic bullet if you wanted to get close to it it, it would be that yes intergenerational relationship so um and again like in these adolescent years like knowing what we're knowing about how 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 our brains how our minds how our our beings are being formed uh wouldn't wouldn't you like to know that your kid is that their their formation is occurring from people from good people who can who are wi- who are yeah. wise and who've walked who've walked through more life probably than even you have as a parent that would be that would be excellent yeah and then uh train for vocational discipleship okay so here's here's the other thing uh this is my i don't know we do we talk to our young people about how any job that they take can be a job that is that is for the benefit of the kingdom i don't yeah. oh, man i don't think we do not nearly enough like like Andy, okay, uh, I'm just going to put, so you are a sure. uh, graduate of Indiana Wesleyan and uh, you got a technology degree and uh, uh, was there ever a class that you took on integrating, I'm just thinking about this, integrating a Jesus following life into network administration? I don't think so. No, of no. course, no, of no. course, no, of no. course not. Right? I mean, it was a, as a bible-based school but sure nothing yeah right. along those lines right and that's my point and that's not a dig at any place it's just a my point it just is, doesn't i mean that's not i was going for that not necessarily yeah. for, for right vocational discipleship but, but, but the whole idea is is that your vocation what god has called you to what he has gifted you with the skills and abilities all of that are, are toward that purpose right and you know right now like one of my one of my passions right now is um is uh is pouring into uh christian therapists um because so oftentimes therapists are trained in their therapy modalities and they are not trained in how to bring it's like okay i'm I'm trained i'm trained in my therapy and and all the methodologies there and then i'm a follower of jesus and so now i'm going to try to like figure out how my following jesus um informs my counseling practice informs the ther- the therapy that I, you know, that I, that I give. And that's a hard, that's a hard one where I think it's like, well, here, be trained in the way of Jesus and then be, as you're being trained in your vocation, therapy, whatever else that, that, that training is being formed, formed relationally. So, uh, vocational, vocational stuff is huge and we don't uh, like, God wants all of our lives and that includes absolutely includes what we do for a living and yeah. how we're how we're using it. So and then engaging in countercultural mission is the last thing last five practice for building resilient disciples. Yeah. So this is our beautiful thing about adolescents. They want to ser- they want a cause. They want something to rally behind. Rally behind and to be serious about and um if you start that young, that chances are that practice and that engagement will go into older life. But here's the deal. We all know this. As we get older, 
engaging in countercultural mission is harder, harder and harder, harder yeah. and harder. And our imagination for it kind of uh, dries up a little bit. And so that that's, again, that's why like, yeah. this adolescent phase of life is just a absolute, um, you know, it can be a well-watered garden for mm-hmm. all kinds of positive growth. If we, but again, again, we have to see it as an opportunity and not a problem to be fixed. And, and that's the, that's the key. That's, I guess I could have just said that in three minutes. We could have made this podcast <laughs> real short, but like, that's the, that's the idea, right? Like these making resilient disciples, uh, everything that we engage in in making those resilient disciples are, per, are perfect practices to be engaging in with adolescence because of where they, where they are in life. And that the fact that they will try things and they will experiment with things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's like, let's have them experiment with good things, not, right. not just, you know, yeah. not destructive things. Like, but if you put it in front of them, um, they're going to be, they're going to be more willing mm-hmm. to try it. So, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, uh, youth leaders, whoever you might be. Um, it's, it's worth it, I think. So yeah, that's my, uh, that's my gig, man. That's All my, right. that's, uh, we've just, uh, summarized, uh, so your whole speech. Th- three days of seminar uh, <laughs> talks right there. Well, before we end this, I do want to remind our listeners that this episode is brought to you by concrete barber. We love DJ. We love concrete barber. He keeps us looking fresh. Head over to concretebarber.com to get yourself a schedule and schedule get yourself scheduled with dj yeah schedule please. and also to see all go to social media the man is amazing yeah when it comes I, to I, hair. I, I got it i'm getting actually i'm getting on the uh getting on my phone right now and scheduling this this beard <laughs> this beard got a little bit out of control so dj i'm coming i'm coming to visit you soon so thank you thank you yes yes okay well andy uh these folks have wasted almost another another good 50 minutes of time with us we thank you so much uh, as always you can head over to dudesanddadspodcast.com and see all of our stuff if you want to send us a voicemail we love that so 574-213-8702 is our voicemail number and you know what joel we're gonna start doing these live on facebook so come join us on facebook when we record you'll yeah. look for it and you can comment and have fun yeah please do uh dudesanddadspodcast at gmail.com for emails as well if you want to send us some pithy comments perhaps some uh, deep-rooted criticism or an uplifting story about your cat uh so until next time guys we wish you grace and peace